When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to a rarity two MCUs in review back to back something that I get the feeling is going to happen a lot more as more Disney plus projects and more movies continue to come out from Marvel Studios. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the big daddy Greg Miller. Hello, Timothy. Hello, Greg, the producer slash seducer Nick Scarpino. Top of the evening to you, Tim. The big dog Kevin Coelho. What's up? And rounding out the group, we got the one and only Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Hey, Tim. What's up, man? What's up, Andy? How you doing? I'm all right, man. Just what did you eat for lunch the, today? Working out this ranking. I got actually. I'm almost done with my salad. Whoa! Hey. Nice. What's the salad count for this week, Andy? Oh, I'm on number three right now, big dog. What? On three, only two yeah. days so far. That's wild. I know. I know. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Of course, <laughs> this is kind of funnies in review, where each and every week we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. And sometimes we do it twice a week, like this week, uh, where later this week we're going to be recording uh, Jurassic World in review, which is very exciting. We're going to be doing that on Thursday for people on patreon.com slash kind of funny which is where you can go to get the show as we record it and ad free just like our patreon producers molecule fargo brady and anonymous have done but if you didn't want to do that you could watch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com and if you wanted to get it as a podcast you just got to search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you if there is a movie franchise you love chances are we have ranked, reviewed, and recapped it here on this show. So go check it out. Uh, today we're brought to you by Me Undies and Credit Karma, but we'll talk all about that later. I want to get right into it. Let's talk about Moon Knight, released on March 30th, 2022 through May 4th, 2022. Weekly, we got six episodes. This is the first Marvel Studios series ever to not include any previously established characters. So interesting thing to keep in mind there. And uh, this is the third time that Oscar Isaac has played a Marvel character. He previously played Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse and voiced Miguel O'Hara in Spider-Man, or AKA yeah. Spider-Man 2099 right. in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And we'll be doing that as well when the sequel Across the Spider-Verse comes out next year. Um, this had six episodes going from 44 to 53 minutes, making it one of the longer Disney Plus shows so far in terms of um, runtime. And it was directed by two different combinations of people. Uh, Mohammed Diab did episodes one, three, five, and six. Uh, and Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson as a team did episodes two and four. That is 
that is his name, Kevin. Um, and the music was done by Hisham Nazi, an Egyptian composer. Uh, Nazi is best known for scoring numerous Egyptian features and TV shows, including The Blue Elephant, Ibrahim Labied, and Tito. Uh, this is his first major English language project. Um, a lot of Egyptian people were uh, part of the back end of the show and the creation of it from a whole bunch of different um, elements, including costume design and things like that. So that's pretty damn cool. Um, and that's all I got for you for the, the rigmarole, the intro, the facts, all that stuff. I know we just talked about this episode by episode over on screencast as we always do for the Marvel Disney plus shows, but here we are. It's time to talk about our thoughts now that we've had some time to sit with it. Andy Cortez, where you at with moon Knight? I'll tell you what, Tim, Tell me. We've been hearing a lot of articles and a lot of stories. From I have been hearing a lot of articles. Hearing a lot mm-hmm. of articles. Hearing a lot of articles from different people at Marvel. Um, and we've been hearing Oscar Isaac talk about it. About how this could just be a little standalone thing, right? They may never revisit this. And God, I hope that's the truth. Because like, if we can get a live action uh, Spider-Man as Oscar Isaac, like if we could bring Miguel into a live action version of itself, that's ideal, right? Like let's 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 pretend this is just say Sony made this fucking one. Right? Yeah, like yeah. let's just let's push this one aside. Uh because the more time I have to think about this show, the more and more I am disappointed by it. Um I think it started off incredibly strong to the point where I was like, damn, I'm excited for a Marvel show. I haven't felt this way in a while. Um Hawkeye did not a whole lot for me except for like Hayley Seinfeld's great and of course we saw Florence Pugh uh more on the on the screen um in addition to her time in the Black Widow movie and then we got what if and that was just mostly a miss for me I'm sorry Nick what did we get what if there it is so we got um after this first episode hit, I was like, God damn, this ended perfectly. This is mysterious. And I'm kind of, I don't know what's going on. It reminds me of like watching an HBO show um, where they sort of just kind of leave little uh, hints out there for, uh, you know, oh, is this happening? Is that maybe this character? I just love that whole mystery aspect for it. And then uh, it just kind of lost me. I feel like the episodes got less and less interesting as we went on. I wasn't super into a whole lot of the Indiana Jones style um tomb raiding sequences some of the cg was especially bad in those moments episode five i think is an obvious standout that's one where i thought wow maybe we can it on a high note and episode six i felt was lacking as well so i feel like i am pretty low on this show unfortunately for as much as i love oscar isaac and uh ethan hawk nick scarpino yeah, I'm right there with Andy on this one where it started. I was intrigued and I thought, hey, we're going to do something kind of different with the genre or sorry, with the, with the medium like they did with WandaVision, which I thought was a really, really, really good use of uh, the, the television medium. Um, and as we kind of went on, I was it, it, it was ups and downs for me. Fifth episode, I, I was right there with Andy. I was like, this is coming out. This is coming back for me. And it's really, really cool. Uh, and then unfortunately, I think the last episode that we watched that, that of the season just suffers from the same last episode problem that all of them have where it's just kind of a letdown. And in this one, it's almost more insulting because they didn't even bother choreographing the climax. He just kind of passes out for a second and wakes up and he's beating the bad guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I understand why they're doing that. And it's interesting. And it has a payoff at the end. But it's kind of disappointing. Um, and I think that the, the that a lot of the show 
is trying to do way too much uh, with what they have, and they don't need to do that. You've got Oscar Isaac, you've got a great cast, you've got great actors. I think they 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 leaned in a lot, very very heavily into the action aspect of this, and some of it was good, and some of it just didn't work for me. Um, the, the the shots that I think the thing that sums up my feelings on this perfectly is when Layla becomes um, the hero, the superhero. I, I forget the name of her her, her character's name. I think it's Scarlet Scarab. Scarlet Scarab. Yeah. Um, we see Good two name. hero shots of her. One is she sort of just comes out of a hole and it's you're like, okay, she looks cool, but this is kind of a waste of this hero moment. And then the next second, like uh, Moon Knight's getting his ass kicked and she comes in and saves him. I'm like, that's the hero shot we should have gotten. We could have we could have cut a little bit of this out and it would have gone a longer way, but I think they're trying to stretch every single shot they possibly can in this thing. And um and it's and it's it was disappointing. But I do love the aspects of it that are shot in like the mental institute portion of it that's in his brain you don't know that that all that stuff i thought was really really cool and unique and if they do a second season of it i hope they can come close to that weird vibe too because we don't have anything like that in the mcu um and those those are my thoughts on that kevin koala um i definitely agree with the boys that have gone so far i was um very excited for this series i didn't know much about moon knight so i was ready to like take it all in the end of the first episode, there were moments where it was like, oh, that uh, CG didn't look great. But like, I, and then I feel like my levels of excitement went down every episode. I think five was so radically different and kind of gave us hope that they were going to throw a curveball at us. And that is probably the best episode this, this series has. But uh, it doesn't like save or make me want to like in, like watch this ever again. Like I'm in a place where it's like if we don't ever get Moon Knight again, that's fine. Uh I don't think that I'm going to watch I I mean I'm not watching with Paula. It, like it's over now. We could sit down and be like, "Hey, like it's you know, but it just doesn't seem like there's any point. I didn't enjoy the story. I feel like the writing overall is very like Okay, cool. It's like that the this is the story of the of the the series and it's kind of going through this path, like there are cool little things thrown out that like, I think that it is really creative, um like the you know the desert looking like the his little aquarium and it's like oh cool that's a nice little Easter egg but it's like there's not a lot of substance on that show I feel like they had a really cool thing that they could have gone with the story and really dove into like his um him dealing with these three personalities or later we found out there's a fourth um but they just i i just don't yeah, right. well yeah there's three but there's also Conchu as a different entity that that they're like dealing with you know um but yes you're right there's there's actually three personalities not not four um so just yeah overall it kind of felt like uh i by the end i kind of dreaded watching it and I knew that, like, I, I'll wake up in the morning and watch it before I go and do stuff. Um, Felt like a chore, yeah. Yeah, it really did. And that's a bummer. I, I feel like we're now getting to a place where the MCU Disney Plus shows, I feel like there's more of them that haven't been great than there are great ones. Um, and I think that that's a huge mistake because, like, that's a great medium. Like, we WandaVision... We, none of us really enjoyed the way it ended, but we've seen now how it can build to something bigger. 
and um, I don't think this will. Um, and that kind of bums me out. I hope I'm wrong, but even if if I am wrong and this is building something bigger, it's like it doesn't make it a better story, you know? Greg Miller. Yeah, no, since being a dead horse, I'm with everybody else. You know, I think not a day has gone by since we saw Multiverse of Madness that I haven't thought about that movie. And then what about this or relive this moment and yada, yada, yada. I have not thought about Moon Knight since the last uh, Moon Knight review episode we did. We I closed the book on it, walked away, and have not for a second been like, man, you know what I loved or hated or whatever about that show? This is the show that happened. I'm with everybody else. I wouldn't miss it if it didn't come back. If it does come back, I hope they nail it because, like, Oscar Isaac is awesome. Ethan Hawke was awesome. Uh, but everything that happened in those six episodes, I was like, all right. Tim? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I struggle to say that I'm higher on this than you guys, but I'm definitely not as low as you are. But I think with that, this is the my least favorite of the live-action shows, uh, I think, by a fair margin. Um, I appreciate a lot of things about it and what it did. And I love the the characters that we got like by the end of it. I mean, from the get go, I was in love with Stephen Grant, but by the end of it, I liked Mark Spector too. And I think that them together, uh, as we see them in the final episode, I'm very excited to see them again in, in future projects. Um, and the, the idea of how they treated the Jake Lockley thing and saving that for a post-credit uh, reveal and kind of like what that means for the rest of the story so far. I think this is going to be one of the ones that ages better than it is right now. Cause what it is right now, I think is kind of like very serviceable and fine. I don't think it does anything egregiously bad, but I struggle to think back to any high moments. Mm-hmm. I think all the highs mm-hmm. in the show are more character based um, and pacing based in, in some ways. I, I did like how it kind of felt like three distinct thirds um, throughout the show and ending episode four, uh, committing to the last 15 minutes of it, setting up what we got in episode five, which I agree is the, the strongest high point of the series, um, I thought was, was really cool and a little innovative. And I haven't ever really seen that before, uh, especially with shows that rely on the cliffhanger kind of narrative. Um, I like that they they delivered. I feel like they kind of over-delivered there, which kept me on my toes but i wasn't really kept on my toes often throughout the show i kind of uh anytime that they were leading me down a path of like trying to think about what's going to happen uh they answered it in ways that i thought were satisfying but not exciting and i at this point i do expect excitement out of mcu projects um and yeah it's just kind of like it's a bummer because there's so many things i really enjoy about this and i just wanted them to kind of stick it a little harder uh than they did the idea of conch is awesome i love the look i love the vibe there's ideas and concepts throughout this like uh tower talking through the dead bodies uh to layla like that's fucking cool and i feel like every episode had multiple moments like that that are like oh that's fucking cool that's fucking cool but they're just little things that don't add up to being uh more and kind of like fulfilling the the potential that something like moon knight has but at the end of the day i appreciate this swing and a miss over what we could have got from Moon Knight, which is a little bit more paint by numbers. And it's Batman, but uh, it's Marvel. And I I think that it was cool to not jump into it and have him be this crime-fighting vigilante uh, and having that stuff kind of more told to us um, and diving a little bit more into the character stuff of being right there with Steven and Mark as they're realizing their whole story. And I think all the background stuff, the back when they were kids and how it led, led to them being here, I thought that stuff was really strong. And I think that that's why I am excited to see these characters in, in future projects. Uh, but yeah, some stuff felt very earned and rushed at the same time. Like I think Layla becoming the superhero was something that they, they definitely 
forecasted to us. Uh, but the way that it happens kind of to Nick's point, it's a, a little anticlimactic and not as exciting as it should be, where it almost felt like that might have been a better thing in, if not a season two, a feature in another show. I don't know if we're going to get a season two of this or if we're just going to get a different project that Moon Knight and co feature in, uh, which at this point I think would be the stronger move. Yep. Andy Cortez with how good episode five was like, there's a story in here. There's something to salvage in here. And I would love to see creators out there make a really dope edit of <laughs> all of this sort of edited down. Cause there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of added things that just weren't necessarily interesting or, fun to watch right like there's just there are certain aspects where it's like if you're not going to be uh interesting dialogue or story wise at least give me something fun to look at and um you know we just didn't have that action wise like this this could have gone the route of well we don't have really much of a story to tell so we're really going to just keep your eyes um entertained with cool action set pieces and there just wasn't a whole lot of that. Like I, when I think about the final episode, I certainly didn't expect to see two giant beings <laughs> fighting Slowly each other, beating each other yeah. up over a pyramid. And and it just wasn't cool. Like yeah. that should be a moment that you really sort of think about. And and uh, you know, in the grand scheme of Marvel, that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of, aside from you know Ant Man growing large or something like that. But that I don't know. It's just it seems like such a a larger than life moment that just was not portrayed in any interesting way to the point where, again, while watching it, I thought, is this just like some sort of visual storytelling for an inner struggle? And it's like, oh, no, those are actually two giant things happening. I thought it was like a background kind of like that fight is also happening in the background, but it's not real. But like you're seeing it anyway. And it. It's just wild that there are so many elements here, I think, in the show to make it a really damn good show. And it it just unfortunately missed a whole lot. And, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I, I, yeah, I wanted to say the, I've kind of developed an issue with episode five um, where it's like after I watched episode six of like what's actually going on? Yeah, like it was, it was you know what I mean? Like, right? like it, it, it's confusing. To, but in episode six, like we see more of that weird world, and we know it. Tom, it's like, oh, this is the afterworld. But I guess that was when he left that thing, the the white uh, asi- asylum. Yeah, I think that was supposed. To, I think the white asylum was supposed to be like purgatory, right? Where he was, it was the the, the but, holding place before he went to the the ever but after it, calm it life. must have also been in his mind because he had we had several characters in there that were yeah. in the real world so you know what i mean like that yeah that's it, weird it was, especially because Thomas sends him back in there to sort of shit out tower rent Tom, you know i they got it they know who i'm talking about i know you but know, you know comments, comments are gonna <laughs> I, be like, i've never andy out. andy here's my secret i've never read them huh that's yeah. a superpower. He doesn't read. Um, no, I'm with you on that one, Kevin. And, that, and that's the thing too is like that. That's when I, when I think about this movie reconceptualized as like a, a two and a half hour long movie, or excuse, sorry, the show reconceptualized as a two and a half hour long movie. I think we would have gotten a lot more of that, and it could have been tighter. Um, I, I, I I keep coming back to this where a lot of these series, I'm like, there to to Andy's point, there's so many good kernels of things that 
I wish they didn't feel the need to have to necessarily flesh out over six episodes. I think they'd be better if this was only a two hour, you know, I think this one actually would have worked better as a movie. Yep, 100%, 100%. Uh, I think it would have gotten, it, they gave this $200 million like they gave Dr. Strange. I think that, um, the, the treasure hunting aspects, the Indiana Jones aspects, the, the pyramid or, or the Tomb Raider aspects would have been really, really, really cool. Um, but instead they kind of came off a little bit hokey and that fight at the end, you know, to Kevin's point, like, it just, it just feels like it's it's something they can do, but they weren't sure if they should or not. But they're like, "Fuck it, throw it in there. We got to have something exciting." Because, like I said, they kind of skipped the point where he beats the bad guy because Jake shows up, and they instead of having that be a wow moment, they're yeah. like, "This is going to be a really cool uh, twist at the end." And it wasn't a twist at the end because we all saw it coming because we all we already knew there was a third personality coming into here. So it's like I I, I just I I wonder what what their thought process was for a lot of these things because to me and obviously it's easier to 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 you know be a backseat driver here but or Monday morning quarterback I guess would be the the correct analogy but to me the aspects of this that I find that are really really interesting are are that is that struggle with what's going on with his multiple personalities and how that relates to his, his past trauma and then but and we didn't really we got a little bit less of that than I wanted to, because I think that's really, really the strong point of the show. The, 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 the scenes with his mother, the scenes where he's running on the street, the scenes with his brother, that's all the emotional core of the story. Um, trying to have that, you know, I, I don't think he had did a great job or the creators did a great job with developing the relationship between him and Layla or Steven and Layla. I think a lot of that kind of started falling. I just don't care about that toward the end of it. And they didn't, didn't care about it from the start of so, it. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's just, it's unfortunate because this one was just a little bit of a miss. See, I did care about it from the start of it, though. Yeah, like, I screwed it up. Actually, I, I was thinking about Mark. Sorry, I got. I was too late. I wasn't my my point. Go ahead. God, yeah, like when we get that that initial really fucking cool moment of there's another cell phone here. Mark, what are you doing? Mark, Mark, Mark who's uh, who's Mark? I'm Steve. And like, what is going on here oh, right now? This right. is cool well, as shit. The, the intrigue I care about, but by the time they actually get to Layla, oh, let me back up. It's not that I don't care about the relationship with him and Layla. It's that I care more about Mark's relationship to Steven and how, and how that's going to rectify. And I think that's, this should have spent a little bit more time on that. And we should have gotten, you know, I mean, again, I, 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 I hate to keep coming back to it, but I think the benchmark for me is WandaVision and how they did all these things. That show was really just about the inner turmoil and the struggle. And they had a great actor in Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, they had a great supporting cast of Paul Bettany and uh, Catherine Hahn. And they really just kind of knocked that out of the park for me. And of course, the, the big criticism we all had of that one was like, oh, the climax, the, the last episode, they didn't really stick it. Well, of course not, right? You have Catherine Hong floating. You're like, I think I can see the strings. Um, but but we don't care because it was such a really, really cool story. And, and it went on to actually, I think, more serviceably set up Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Um, so I'm curious to see what they're going to do after this. But I, yeah, I, I hope they don't do a second season. I hope he just pops up in a movie somewhere. After rewatching WandaVision, can we just like all just we don't have to talk about it. Obviously, we're not talking about WandaVision, but just the moment where like Vision's like, what's going on here, Wanda? And then Wanda starts the credits rolling and he's like, Wanda, talk like, oh, that's the coolest fucking yeah. moment. Like, yeah, in, that's, like that's a top you, 10 I, Marvel moment. Honestly, <laughs> like, I, let's just for a moment talk about WandaVision and like how <laughs> how like the ending isn't bad. It's just we were hoping for something much bigger. I wanted and at the end of Charles Xavier to come down. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I I mean, I don't know. I I understand that Tim, you disagree. I just think that especially now, like seeing what it led to, to me that all checks out and is dope. Like that, this is one of those things where like the movie I think makes the show even better. 
I apologize to Tim. I said a public apology. I issued it out. I had my all my PR team uh, contact Tim's people and said, Barry. Tim, you're right. Like I, anytime we've gotten to the end of one of these Marvel rankings, I go, Phew, WandaVision way too high. After rewatching, I'm like, nah, it's it's a good fucking show. It deserves to be where it's at. I'm gonna eat this half of the tomato if you don't mind. Where is it right now? I'm looking. I'm trying to find. Oh, there it is. Number ten. Got it. Number 10, number 10. But before we get to the plot and then our rankings and all that, let me tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to MeUndies for sponsoring this episode. You know those days when your coffee shop is out of cold brew and your air conditioner breaks and you try to go to the beach but there's zero parking spots? Yeah, life can be hard. Good thing MeUndies is here to help you take a break from the hardships of the world and give yourself a soft summer. Of course, I don't need to tell you. I got the MeUndies shirt. I got the MeUndies lounge pants. I'm wearing the MeUndies undies, the socks. Even my face mask is MeUndies. I absolutely love MeUndies and their soft micro-modal fabric. And you're going to love it too. I absolutely absolutely guarantee it with me undies light and breathable micromodal fabric you can stay comfy and cool all summer long they have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from in sizes extra small all the way up to 4xl me undies has a great offer for all of you any first time purchasers you can get 15% off if you sign up for the free to join membership you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices uh, to get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny. That's M E U N D I E S dot com slash kind of funny. Shout out to Credit Karma for sponsoring this episode. Have you ever been rejected for a credit card? It happens way too often. That's why Credit Karma created Karma Confidence Technology, helping members apply with more confidence. Are you earning credit card rewards? Credit Karma can help you compare your rewards options so you can find a card that fits your lifestyle, helping you earn miles or cash back for spending money that you're going to spend anyways. Of course, I'm a huge fan of that. I love Credit Karma. One of my favorite features is how Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, which helps you apply with more confidence, and then it doesn't affect your credit score. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Uh, they also partner with a wide range of card issuers, so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. I love Credit Karma. It's so easy to use. Fantastic stuff. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. Go to creditkarma.com or the Credit Karma app to find the card for you. That's creditkarma.com. Andy Cortez hit me with the song. I didn't know we were doing the plot. <laughs> For these shows, I thought we skipped. I don't know. Maybe that's screencast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to start paying attention to the show. Right? I, What's I up, everybody? We... Welcome to the plot. For WandaVision. No, it's not. It's Moon Knight. You, you asked that question like two weeks ago. Don't say I got to pay it. You asked the same thing like two weeks ago. I know what I'm doing the plot, all right? <laughs> hey, go look under your bed. I think there's another tomato over there, all right? <laughs> the other half of the one you just put in your mouth. <laughs> no, it's right here. Okay. <laughs> um, you it's haven't cool. joined us before for uh, an MCU show in review. Remember, we now read off the Wikipedia, so we actually keep in the episode world and understand what's going on. So we start with episode one, The Goldfish Problem. Stephen Grant works at the British Museum in London where he hopes to become a tour guide using his knowledge of ancient Egypt. After going to sleep one night, he wakes up in the Austrian Alps. I forgot about that. It witnesses a cult member meeting led by Arthur Harrow. Uh, Harrow? Harrow. Uh, who demands a... Huh? The Hawk Watch. There it is. When are we doing the Sunset Trilogy, Tim? Stop not giving the people what they want. Who demands a... Uh, Actually, quick, you know what, Tim? Is... 
Uh, Kevin, I, can you clear fucking comms for a second? This is no, 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 fuck off. This Tim, is what the I need to know thing. is: Are we ever really gonna do the Sunset Trilogy, or should I watch it on my uh, own? Because I do want to watch. Oh, watch, watch it by your own. <laughs> myself. You suck. Like, you don't even make Jen do it. You are you're a fink. I do want to say that, like, this is like the funniest moment to me in the in the show. The entire show is the him waking up in the grass field, being like, "What?" and waving up to the window, and then being like, "Oh, he's the bad guy. Shoot him!" Hilarious. I still Hill. think about every once in a while. Arius. Uh, led by Arthur Harrow, who demands a scarab Grant unknowingly has in his possession. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> As he attempts to escape, he has several blackouts and hears a mysterious voice in his head <clears throat> before waking up in his home. Grant realizes that two days have passed since he went to sleep. Remember, he's going to have that hot date. He finds a hidden phone and key card in his apartment and receives a call from the most frequent number in the phone's call log, a woman named Layla, who addresses him as Mark. The next day at work, Grant is confronted by Haro, uh, who reveals that he is a servant of the Egyptian goddess Ahmet. Uh, Grant escapes from Haro, but is forced to remain at work that night, yeah, why? Uh, that night on his own to make up for being late. Haro summons a jackal-like creature to attack Grant, but his quote-unquote reflection asks to take control of their body. Grant agrees, transforming into a cloaked warrior who kills the jackal. A lot of vibes here uh, of just like somewhere there's got, not going to be a reflection, right? We're going to get to a spot where there's not a reflection. I mean, you're going to go in the middle of the, of, the, of the desert. You're like, it's just sand. I don't know, I don't know how to do this. They'll up by that. that point, though, so they can actually like talk to each other. They don't right. need a reflection, so it's all good. Uh, it's, it's funny because uh, I actually watched, um, I always watch these twice, uh, and normally it's the first oh, time at midnight and then the second time uh with g and uh this last episode was the first time that i was like eh, i am not itching to rewatch this at all so like i waited till the last minute we watched it last night uh together and the sixth episode is the only one that i don't think got better the second time watching it like all the other ones i appreciated more especially going back after uh more episodes had happened and this first episode i think is a lot stronger after you see the rest of the the episodes of just the amount of little tidbits and and lines of dialogue and things that they set up that end up coming to fruition later even just things like the date where it's like clearly it wasn't steven or mark that asked that woman on the date it must have been jane i was about to ask that question because steven has a wife and uh i'm sorry mark has a wife and steven didn't know but they're strange yeah they're strange he's cheating on her right I think he's trying to get away from her to keep her safe. (laughs) Trying to keep her away to keep her safe. And then the way to keep her safe is to keep another woman in jeopardy. Keep conju guessing. (laughs) Does he love this woman? Who can I possess? I'm a bird (laughs) star. Crazy how good that that accent is. You sound just like him. (laughs) Kevin, it's nice to get some positive reinforcement from you for once, and I appreciate Mm. it. Sounds like water with a cough. Really? We think it was the other guy. We think it was the British version of him. <laughs> All right. Um, now episode two is summon the suit. Grant is blamed for the damage caused. Oh, yeah. I remember when he, he w- went back to work. <laughs> Trying to, oh, I guess I'll just The keep man working. really likes his job, you know? I hear you, man. Such an uh, achievable goal of being a tour guide. But they're trying to hold him back, you know? They're afraid of him because he's got no people skills. That was bullshit. He knew so much. He was so educated. But you know, you know, it's one of the things you can be too educated. You know what I mean? He doesn't. Yeah. He's like too. All right, we get it. You understand hieroglyphics. Overqualify for the job, man. Yeah. Andy, he, I'm sorry. Keep side stocking note real quick. the shelves. God Kevin, damn it. calms clear for a second. This is serious shit. Andy, growing up, did you, weren't hieroglyphics like the coolest fucking thing when you were a kid and you're learning about all this shit? Cartouches and whatnot. Yeah. 
God, that was fucking cool. <laughs> Grant is blamed for the damage caused by the jackal creature due to it not appearing in the museum's security cameras. I remember that being funny. And he's fired. He uses the key card to access the storage locker where he finds the scarab. He speaks with his quote-unquote reflection, another identity in Grant's body that introduces himself as American mercenary Mark Spector, the current avatar of the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. Grant is confronted by Layla, Spector's wife, who is unaware of Grant's existence. Before being arrested by police officers working for Harrow, Harrow, re- I'm sorry, before being Harrow reveals that he was Conscious' previous avatar until he chose instead to follow Amit. This is a great scene. I remember this being cool. He explains that he wants to use the scarab to find Amit's tomb and resurrect her so she can purge humanity of evil by wiping out everyone who has or will commit evil deeds. Layla rescues Grant, but Harrow summons another jackal creature. <laughs> Grant, this is... I, I, love, I, lo- everywhere, I love these motherfuckers. Kind of this nonsense. <laughs> Grant manages to summon a suit of his own to fight the jackal, but is overpowered and allows Spectre to take control. Spectre kills the jackal, but loses the scarab to Harrow. Conchu threatens to claim Layla as his next avatar if Spectre fails to stop Harrow. I was hit or miss on like the different types of suits and whether or not I liked them, but by the last episode, I did, and I, especially because of the fight scene of them down that alleyway where they're switching between the, cool. the two different suits. I thought that was really, really dope, and I like them making the Mr. Knight suit go for steven and like kind of just associating the different outfits with the different uh identities i thought was a a good change from the comics what do you think jake's outfit's gonna be 50s biker that's I don't it know. you nailed it i hope Cat it's just some board Boston. shorts no, maybe again. like a a sleeveless shirt maybe some sandals surfer like a speedo just looks like captain Carter, you know because oh. he's british was Jake British or New York? No, nah, he New was York. like Mexican. <laughs> he spoke oh, that's Spanish. Oh, yeah, at the uh, end, yeah. I'm just, I, I, you only hear him talk once, like twice, and I swear to God, and during the the part where he's like being interrogated by Ethan Hawke in the asylum, I thought he had a New York accent. For it's the most that New York thing that ever. That might have been Mark. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, no. It was definitely Jake. It was Jake. Oh, okay. Well, at the yeah, end, it's, it's supposed to be New York. Okay. Why was but he, he speaks English Spanish at the end? Because apparently that was his decision. the very end? I thought he spoke Spanish at the end. His final line was Spanish, and that was apparently Oscar Isaac's idea. Like, he improved that, and they were like, keep it. That's confusing. We've officially met once. Yeah, it's confusing to have him <laughs> speak another language. They'd be like, no, he's from New York. Right? Yeah, it's very strange. But Not whatever. that New Yorkers can't speak two languages, I'm aware. But, like, you'd think he'd be speaking Spanish the whole time. Yeah, you know what that I mean? would have been. I mean, I'm just saying, based on the, the, the cues we're giving the audience to let, to let you know this is the same person we saw before, you might want to keep the New York accent. Yeah. But whatever. Episode three, The Friendly Type. Harrow and his followers discover the location of Ahmed's tomb in the Egyptian desert. In Cairo, Spectre and Grant both experience blackouts while tracking a lead to Harrow's uh, location. After failing to gain information, Khonshu calls a council between his fellow Egyptian gods and their avatars to warn them of Harrow's plans. But Harrow successfully denies the acqu- acqu- accusation. It's Again, totally just idiots. Based on no fucking evidence. I'm, yeah. I'm just out in the middle of the desert with a bunch of people. Don't worry about it. This guy really sucks. I'm sorry. Do you suck? Yeah. No, I don't. Well, we don't believe you suck. You suck. I feel like it's these big logical jumps that are the things that make it feel like they're at the core of the story. Yeah. Well, they take the tension away, right? Because if you can't trust that these gods don't understand what's going on here, you're like, ah, why should I care if they don't even care? You know, I have a a question for the panel here. Go for it. Uh, More importantly, for Greg Miller, Um, Mm. this photo. (laughs) Why did you just slack me a photo of what seems to be a fox maybe gripping the throat of a small deer 
right. or something. Well, I did this uh, to help educate you that that's a jackal. Mm. Oh, gotcha. Okay. We've been talking a lot about jackals here. So I figured a lot of jackal talk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like with this whole bit, this is when they really. Nick, I'll send it to you too. I'm, I'm sorry, Tim. Clear comms, clear comms. Clear Nick, I'm going to send you the jackal photos. I hate this Thank new you, clear comms thing. <laughs> I just want to make that absolutely clear. You can tell that Greg just did a professional shoot somewhere because he he got that term back in his vernacular. Uh, I think this is where it really started having to do the heavy lifting of a lot of the more kind of mythological side of all this stuff and setting up the the world of the gods and the avatars and all that stuff and where uh harrow's kind of plan falls into it all and i i like uh ethan hawks as a bad guy in this and like especially Great. as it gets to the end like when we get to the very end of it and he clearly is like i actually i defer to you god like you you i am actually everything i said i was doing it for the right reasons like it is actually i will sacrifice whatever i like all that stuff obviously don't really like him legitimately fighting like fist fighting moon Knight. i thought that was stupid but um this kind of bit is uh, to kevin's point where it starts getting murky and a little messy and like it i feel like they overcomplicated it to get to the idea that layla eventually was gonna also be an avatar and mm -hmm. that mark and steven were going to give up the avatar conchu stuff and it was going to be the third personality so they had to do all this i really just wish they did it in a better way because adding all these other gods i think really did a disservice to the show to the pacing of it and just to our clarity of like what's mm -hmm. going on and why are they acting this way yeah. right yeah because remember we left this episode going and i at least i did and we talked about it on the show but like oh is that one guy in on it with harem is that why he wasn't doing this like are they because clearly they wouldn't be this stupid they want to just take the complete lack of evidence on either side. Well, let's hear your story. Well, I'm sorry. You you have mental issues or whatever. You have multiple personalities you can't control. We won't listen to you. I'm like, what? That's all it took? Yeah. Sucks. Back to the Wikipedia recap. Uh, Hathor? Hathor? Hathor is an avatar. Uh, Yatzel uh, tells Spectre to find the sarcophagus of a Majay. Uh, I should not say it. How do you say it? I'm just expecting every word to have that question mark at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember the, the uh, God, they like, talk about this like like I'm like, I don't Jay. understand what these words are. Med J. Thanks for all your help, you fucking jackals. <laughs> that's why I said <laughs> goddamn it. Who knew the Magi, location right? of my Magi? Magi, that's it. Kevin, thank you. You get a gold star. Tim, please send Kevin a gold star. Gifts of the Magi. Layla finds Spectre and takes him to meet with Anton Mogart, an acquaintance who owns the sarcophagus. Hara arrives to destroy it to dest and destroys it, forcing Spectre, Grant, and Layla to fight off uh, Morgat's men and escape the desert. Remember this fucking scene? Jesus Christ, that was worthless. Grant assembles some of the sarcophagus fragments into a star map, but it is 2,000 years out of date. Kanju uses his powers to briefly turn back the night sky. Turn back time to the correct so night. Allowing this was Grant and Layla. Moments. Yeah, was, this visual was was gorgeous. It was cool. Allowing Grant and Layla to find Amit's tomb. The other so gods cool. imprison Khonshu in, in uh, the piece of stone for this, leaving Grant and Spectre's body without Khonshu's powers. Hmm. Number four of the tomb. Grant and Layla <laughs> find a deserted campsite at the location of Amit's tomb, which is a maze in the shape of the Eye of Horus. They discover that some of Harrow's men have been killed by undead Egyptian priests, Scary. who then attack Grant and Layla. Yeah, exactly. This is where we really felt the mummy vibes. And this so, went, uh, like, again, this went nowhere. Yeah, like, it's funny. I totally forgot about this. It's such a mm -hmm. weird element to throw in because I thought that whatever they're introducing to us here will kind of be 
one of the main Kodak, obstacles right? yeah. they have to get by for the rest of the show. Like you and imagine gonna... him fighting a horde of these things to get to Ethan Hawke's character before he yeah. can summon the last little bit of power he needs for Ahmet. But no, we just kind of killed one and that was it. Just like it, it, it just felt like a like a demo episode for like, here's what our mummy could be, you know, yeah. if you yeah. want to <laughs> see like a screen test, you know. Yeah. Yeah, what's what's kind of wild is they kill one of them, right? Yeah, but we see two of them mm-hmm. at one. There's point, another one right? down there somewhere getting getting Burger King or whatever. But it was just murdering these other people. I guess the, maybe they shot it because I mean she was able to physically kill it. Well, that was just a criticism I had when we, when we talked about this yeah. episode. When we did the interviews. I was like, it doesn't. It it seemed like these things were supposed to be Hard a really to. ominous presence in this environment, but then we just kind of forget about them because the other guys are like, ah, they're fine. We got guns instead. But that's the problem is like when a gun can overcome these things, they're not as scary as the guys with the guns. And the I guys mean, with the guns aren't that scary. It was a scary oh. episode. Like we that initial lead up to having um, like that, that sort of stealth suspense moment where she's hiding behind the table and suddenly this dude is being cut open and like just burst into by this monster. All of that was so cool, and I was just hoping to get more of those moments or more of whatever these enemies are, and it it just felt like sort of, here's a side episode. Here's an episode of Star Trek where we go visit this one planet. There's mummy monsters there, and that episode's done with. Now let's get back to, like, our main mission. It just Speaking felt really it, weird. Strange New Worlds. Liking it. Um, yeah, this is where I wish this was a, a a movie, right? This is where I wish we had this was the mummy movie because the moments in the mummy when they go into the tombs are just it's so fun and it seems like it's this big grand thing and all that stuff. And, and I wish they had the budget for that in this one, or that's what this was all about. Uh, Greg the Jackal Miller, Nick, thanks, Jackal number two. What's Rachel Weiss up to these days? Um, Daniel Craig, right? Yeah, I think she's still married to Daniel Craig. I oh, think she's married to that's, that's cool. Yeah. She was yeah. in the Black Widow, so she's been in the MCU, but she oh, had doing yeah. other movies. She's still out there doing things. Yeah, I'm sure she is. I'm sure she's Kevin Coelho, Gold Star of the Day. What do you got from? I think we should start a campaign to bring back the Mummy before Mummy Two, or not before Mummy Two, after Mummy Two. Get rid of Mummy no, Three. No, 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 before no. Mummy Two, and let me tell you why. Because he had the nah, kids in Mummy Two, and I was like, yeah, it was fine. But here's the thing: let's do a, a fucking Monsters Universe that you know Universal's fucking itching for, they tried. and let's just let's with anchor Tom it with. Cruise. Yeah, but like, fuck that. We we didn't like that. Guess what we did like? Brendan Fraser in the Mummy, Rachel yeah. Wise in the Mummy. Start yeah. it again. Make it their movie. And let's do this. You know what I mean? What, Kevin, hear me I'm out ready. on this one. I hear this one out. I, I like where your head's at. I like where your lips are at there. What if rather than make a sequel to number one, if we don't do it again, though, please. <laughs> what if rather than make a sequel to number one, please stop. We we just reboot it. What if we just reboot? We put somebody else in there. That's what they did. I'm when? taking a risk right here. On oh, no, I don't, but I don't mean, I'm not saying we're going to do the Dark Universe Tom Cruise shit. I'm saying we're rebooting and like trying to make uh, the mummy again. No, I want, I want more. I want more of them. And a bigger universe. They can I'm do it. I'm out on the limb right now. I'm out on do the it, limb. Do it. I'll He's catch on you. Limb, everybody. I'm right here. Unknown actor by the name of Chris Pratt. Oh, Jesus. Side it up. Three picture deal. Limb. I'm on a limb. Layla defeats the priests but encounters Harrow, uh, who claims that Spectre was one of the mercenaries who murdered her archaeologist's father. Grant finds the tomb and discovers that Amat's last avatar was Alexander the Great. He retrieves Amat's, uh, uh, oh, the stone oh, thing, uh, yeah. from inside Alexander's body. Sorry, go ahead. 
No, 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 no. I said first, then I was like, wait, you're right. It was the last one. Stupid. Layla angrily confronts Spectre, who reveals that his partner killed Layla's father, and Spectre himself before Khonshu revives Spectre as his avatar. All this just nonsense backstory. Harrow arrives and shoots Spectre, who wakes up in a, psych- a psychiatric hospital populated pe- by people from his life. Awesome twist. This is when this episode got really good. And also After the a- statue guy. If you remember the uh, the silver statue man, he was yeah. in there too. Yeah, that's one of the, the characters from, his, people from his life. That was another thing of like, there was setup for that that just didn't go anywhere. He was just some random guy that... The gold guy, yeah. Yeah, not Mark. What's the other one's name? Steven. Steven would go up to and just have weird conversations with. I thought that guy was going to be a god. I thought he was going to be like an avatar for another god. Mm. Like the god of statues or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Slash the god of statues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that would have been helpful. That would have been good. Got a marble. Uh, after escaping from Harrow, who appears as the therapist at the hospital, uh, Spectre finds Grant in a separate body trapped in a sarcophagus. Uh, they also see a second sarcophagus with someone else trapped inside before being greeted by a female hippopotamus-headed figure. Uh, and gold Kuala. star of the day, Kevin Quella. I had a question about uh, jackals. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. is it that Anubis is like a black jackal? Because like when I Google jackal, it's they're all like tan-colored. So do they come in the black variety and then uh, like Google Images is just being a dick about showing is jackal us that, the or? actual animal? Is that not a pejorative? No, a jackal no, is it's an a, animal. It's an animal. animal. Mm. It's a type of like kind of like somewhere a fox between a, a, a wolf. Head. Yeah, a wolf and uh, no. I'm seeing this photo that Greg sent. Very cute. Yeah, yo, cute. jackals are pretty fucking sick, man. Like, yeah, it, it looks it, like look up, coyote. If you look up black jackal, like well, that's what I'm about to do. Black hole. They, nice they're, day they're like, for a black jackal. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to send assets. This one's not not actually black. It's just called the black-backed jackal. But, like, tell me this isn't the dopest action Say picture. that three times fast. God, Wait, where are you sending those assets? Fucked. I mean, that's... Nice day to start again. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, are they not black? Is like Anubis? He's got like the black on the back of it. No, Nick, know. you know what I'm saying. Like that's yeah, a, that's a, I mean, a, he's like he looks like a, a puma. You know what I mean? That's what Anubis puma. looks like. Dark a puma. God, <laughs> why do you have to say it that way? Like, we just been, like the Egyptians. You've been lying to us the whole time. That's I fucked think so, up. Man. There are black jackals though. I, I'm looking at one right now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, if we can clear comps for one second, Andy, what I want you to know is I I wanted I've been trying to settle down. And I've just been unable to. But I really wanted to try to say with a straight face that one time my friend professed his love on a plane to a girl with the help of Billy Idol. Oh, you mean like at the end of wedding? <laughs> wedding? <season? laughs> I was waiting for somebody to catch me on it. Yeah. If I could have gotten I through, I told you, you immediately on that, Greg. That would have not like not would have gone. You would have thought for a second if Poe did it. You would have thought. No fucking way Poe knows Billy Idol. He no, he's Poe. on a plane. You don't know everybody on a plane. <laughs> what a Poe yeah, don't know. <laughs> after that, you don't fucking know Billy Idol. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think the first thing I would tell everyone is like, oh, man. Oh, nice to meet you. I met fucking Billy Idol when I got married. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. Number one fact. <laughs> Number one fact, dude. Yes, if I, I met Billy Idol. I, I saw anyway, the over at the airport that one time, and I still talk about it. So, yeah, you're right. No, that checks out. That checks out. I still talk about it. <laughs> um, Layla angrily can... <laughs> Layla Angley confronts Spectre who reveals that his partner killed Layla's father. Oh, I already did this part. Uh, so, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Even this fucking description is forgettable. Spectre finds Granis ever. Oh, I already did it. I finished. Yeah, and then the hippo shows up at the end. Tau, tau, tau wet. She goes, hello. Oh. I, I thought Tyrett was good. That that, that actor was going to grow on me. I By the end of it, I'm like, I don't, I don't like I liked this her. at all. No, and I, I especially don't like it when 
they, they like I think it's supposed to add to tension, but when the dead bodies comically pop up and say something and then die again, I'm like, wow, they did yeah. that. Somebody said that was okay to put on on. Screen. That was cool as hell. No, like, I'm more, I'm more like with, with Nick. It where it's like, I don't shit. know. Yeah. I liked it. The and then like she, unfortunately, when they made the actress that plays Layla do that live action, where she's like, oh, oh walking down the the hallway. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that bad. was another moment of like, Jesus. It was so cringy. A director saw this and was like, yeah. That's what yeah, I want to see. Yeah, this is the take. Like. Go with it. Don't yeah. bother. Like normally, if you do that, you change the angle of the camera just a little bit to tell the audience, Dutch, like, "Hey, this is Dutch. a new person." But no, they just let her act down that hallway. And man, if that, I would not be surprised if they're like, "We have time for one take." Let's just. And she's like, "This and is what I'm giving you. I, I'm going to my trailer now." And then the next scene we have is her in her like scarab outfit, right? The red yeah. scare or whatever well, Scarlet scare. Right after that, so I kind of feel like that's why we don't talk about that as much. It's like the next scene was cool, you know. And the scare battle looks awesome, and she looks yeah. great. It. Like she looks like a fucking superhero for sure. But the moments leading up to that, I was like, I kind of want to turn this off right now and go laugh outside. And then I want one of my <laughs> neighbors to be like, "Why are you laughing?" I'm like, "Oh, let me show you, and I'll show you this terrible." Come in, come inside. Come in. Come on, come on, come on, come on. No, it's all right. One a.m. and you're standing in the middle of this hallway laughing hysterically. <laughs> That's not the weirdest thing my neighbors have seen me do. Let's put it that way. Oh God. Number five, asylum. The hippopotamus-headed woman is the Egyptian goddess <laughs> Tawet, uh, who explains that Spectre and Grant are dead, and the psychiatric hospital is a boat sailing through the Duat, uh, I forget if that's right, uh, the Egyptian afterlife. Uh, she weighs their hearts on the scales of justice to determine whether they can enter the field of reeds, but the hearts are imbalanced by hidden memories that she suggests they explore together. Grant sees a memory of Spectre's younger brother, Randall, drowning and Spectre's mother blaming him for it. While Spectre shows Grant how he became Conchu's avatar while on a mission with his partner, Bushman, uh, who murdered uh, Layla's father. Spectre and Grant convince Tawet uh, to help them return to the living world so they can stop Haro, uh, and she steers the boat towards the gates of Osiris. Spectre reluctantly explains that he unknowingly created Grant as a result of their mother's abuse. Grant and Spectre reconcile with each other, but their scales fail, 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 scales fail to balance. And hostile spirits attack. This guy's yawning in the middle of the fucking. This is the best episode of the show. Dragging Grant into the duat where uh, he turns into sand. Uh, The the scales balance, and Spectre finds himself in the field of reeds. This is a great episode. Great. Here's the thing: if Mark had been like, "Hey, Grant, can you go back in the uh, sarcophagus?" Sarcophagus. Then he could have gone out there and been like, "It's fine. I packed him up. He's all. He's locked up in the room. Wait again. I'm all good." You know? Well, it worked out, though, because in the next episode, he just goes back to him, and I guess they reconcile. Like, he reconciles the fact that he made him. I was kind of unclear as to how they got out of the sand and didn't become sand together, but... I think that was the moment that the doors opened and let him. they were let they were brought back because Conchu had come back to life. And oh, she, okay. she, but she sense. also makes a... Um, Tawaret, 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 t- Old Lady T... Mm-hmm. Um, Old Lady T. She Red mentions up. to whoever's controlling the door. Greg mentioned it earlier at the start Osiris? of that. Horus. Osiris. She's like, uh, "Oh, you fucking cheeky Osiris! You let you're opening the doors for them." Like she kind of makes a point to be like, "You're you're allowing them back in. Good on you." You know. Well, that like, was because his avatar had gotten like shot at that killed, point, right? Or, yeah. Like killed. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I see that this guy. Suddenly, they're not incompetent. Yeah, suddenly he's like, you know what? That Mark guy might have had a point. I think I can see what's going on here now, finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this goes back to what I was saying about, like, them adding all the mythology stuff where it's, like, a lot of it was 
uh, told to us instead of showing it. And then when they show it, it seems weird. And I didn't like it. Like, I didn't like how he was in the field of reeds. And then uh, this is the next episode. But mm-hmm. uh, when it he does walk back and it turns back into the, the sands, like just the way all that's just dealt with. It's like, yeah, you told me how this makes sense. So it does make sense. But yeah. it's really weird and not really engaging at all. And I, I didn't like random like rises in tension for no reason. Like uh, the when she when tower it like takes the boat and like the sand is kind of like waving towards them and she like cuts it off it's like why did you do any of that like it just kind of felt like like just kind of action for action's sake like giving them something to need to run and it was like we definitely didn't need that same with the like sand zombies that were coming out to pull them down where it's like all right this is well we needed we needed to show steven that he could fight as well that's what that was for Mm. like I, I agree, Kevin. I didn't think it was particularly awesome, <laughs> but uh, they needed some justification to show him at the end and be like, "Hey, Layla, look at my new weapons and in such, you know." And he's like, "I got mm. this. I can't wait you to show you what kind of moves I got." And here's the, let me show you two things: I whack a dude with a stick. I whack a dude with another stick. Whack a dude. Let's make these fights more visually interesting, man. Like, come on, dude. It's a cool character. Number six. Anyway. Gods and monsters. Harrow frees Amit. 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 And kills Amit. the avatars. They're the other Egyptian gods. Layla finds Khonshu's uh, rock thing and releases him. Spectre refuses to stay in the field of reeds and returns to the Duat to rescue Grant with uh, with old lady T's help. <laughs> they escape <laughs> through the gates of Osiris and awaken in their body. Khonshu rebonds with them, restoring their powers. Layla discovers that Amit uh, can be rebound by multiple avatars and agrees to become the temporary avatar of old lady T. They join Spectre, granting Khonshu and fighting Harrow and Amit. Harrow overpowers Spectre and Grant, but they experience a blackout during which time they somehow defeat Harrow. Fucking A. Spectre what, and Layla. What, I love that. Like, this, I think that's no, cool. No, this scene like sucked and it seemed like such an easy cop out to like, because they were losing and it's like, oh, no, don't worry. There's clearly another thing. And it's like, all right, yeah. cool. That sucks. It's, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, there's a buildup coming. And as they started losing, my first thought was, oh, cool. We're finally going to get to see this other third character. And like, what's it going to look like? This guy's hyper violent. And it, it, it got me excited. And then it cuts. And then Layla's like, what just happened? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, cool. Well, we won. So it's okay. See, I, I I like it because I like where it leaves us off, where we have the characters of the duel of Stephen and Mark, who are now kind of working together, and then they their enemy is now themselves, and they just don't know that. And I think that that is way more interesting than just the hey, yeah, here's the guy that's violent, and we're seeing the fight scene. Like again, it's it's weird not knowing when we're going to see them next and all that. But I I think that this is a, a much tighter story and more interesting than just the obvious. I, I don't know. I think Nick's right on like that being that would be a great introduction to it, like a new character. After all just, the teases, yeah. If mm-hmm. his eyes go white, like he does, switching between personalities, and, he's just and he just video. fucking like it's a really well choreographed fight. I because like he I, doesn't have the accent or then and then his eyes just go white as and then he ha- we have that same moment of him being like, you know, Stephen and, Mar- and him being like Mark. That was neither of us was. Uh, us and um i think that could have still played out really well i i totally see where you're coming from though tim i i just think that with every sort of reveal more and more could have been revealed um and each reveal could have been more and more like educational for the audience as opposed to like we're still keeping this a mystery so that the post credit scene can get um 
you know, comic fans excited. But I think that each each reveal could have been more and more to the point where we would have seen the whole fight scene. Us think that maybe it's one of it's either Mark or Steven. Obviously, like if you've been watching the show, you understand that it's neither of them. But then they both wake up and like, what the fuck was that? I don't know. But like that same reveal is the same as all the other times that he kind of blinks out and it's, everybody's yeah. dead. Like we, See, we've already we, seen that happen. Exactly. I thought we we're going to get a payoff for that. And I disagree a little bit because I think that seeing the violence of this guy would have, I think, strengthened that twist because the twist wasn't that there's a third person. We all kind of saw that coming. The twist was that he's still beholden to Conchu. He's still a servant of Conchu. So they don't need, he doesn't need Mark or Steven to be on board with this because he has a third person. He outsmarted them. And I think it would have been even more intense and and uh, kind of ominous and foreboding if we had seen how destructive Jake is beforehand. But instead, we just sort of get the aftermath of it, which I don't know. It's not it's, it's another Spanish. one of those. Yeah, I mean, he, he speaks Spanish, but also I would, I would, <laughs> would have loved to have seen. And he was they were being very overpowered by Harrow at that point. And so it's kind of weird, but. I think it's the final episode. It's the finale. It would have been cool to see what this other guy is. That's been teased already that he's so destructive and so badass. Yeah. I would like to see him be badass. Yeah, I mean, I get, final thing I want to say on this is just I, I think that they did a wise call of focusing on the two identities for this and not overdoing it because I think that it allowed them to, especially by the end, work together as a force. And I think that having this other obvious third thing out there that you don't need the post-credit scene to know exists. Like, I love that they they are protagonist is still totally not in control of it and there is another factor out there that has been there the entire time in every single episode and i think that that needs a lot more than the time that they had in this show to be able to get into a third identity uh to be as fleshed out as we got mark and steven in this mark mark i hear you but i just don't think that like showing him here takes away from that i mean we still know there's a third identity we didn't get into it just would have been cool to see him beat the shit out of some people specter and layla Selim, uh, um, in Hera's body, imprisoning her and Khonshu urges... Let me try this again. Spectre and Layla seal Ahmet in Hera's body, imprisoning her. And Khonshu urges Spectre to execute Hera and Ahmet. Spectre refuses and orders Khonshu to release him and Grant from their service. The pair find themselves in the hospital, uh, where they reject the vision and choose to continue their new life together as heroes. In a mid-credit scene, Hera is killed by Jake Lockley, uh, Spectre and Grant's third alter, who is still working for Khonshu. Moon Knight. Love Concho in the Mark. suit. Moon dope Knight. as fuck. Mark. Uh Andy, hit me with haiku and review. I'm, Tim, I'm glad you're bringing that up right now. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. usually now is the time for us to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Were we mm-hmm. to have time. a sort of side segment um set up uh, segment. Like a podcast, yeah exactly a podcast. Yeah. yeah so i'll yeah. just begin right now right if that's cool with mm-hmm. you all. yeah that's, yeah, that's cool with me right. whenever you're ready andy whenever you're ready no rush seven syllables in the middle you'll need five for the first and last line if it's not poetic no need to fret it haikus don't need to rhyme, don't need to rhyme. haiku in review haiku in review you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form just like Mr. Hawks 182 did. Stephen Grant is Mark. Mark Spector, Stephen Grant. Who the fuck is Jake? Who the fuck is Jake? Indeed. Jizzle um, Dupes in the chat. Great name. I love that name. Just that goddamn something. shout that out to Jizzle Dupes for sure. Uh, brings up an interesting point here. No wigs or abs in this show. Now, mm. now Nick, like, I've got to put this through the... the oh, I don't even... 
was, Andy, give me the song. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. The Nick Barometer of the Ringer. What were you going to say? Give me, a, give me a hint of what it was, Tim. Flacking to it. Honestly, I don't, I don't even want. We <laughs> just, saw some open. Move on. We saw some open chest moments of Oscar Isaac. Did we? Yeah, we did. But overall, Andy, give me the song. Give me the song, Andy. Were they born, born in labs? Now it's time to ring those labs. <laughs> no abs, everybody. No contest. All. <laughs> all. No all right, you gotta this. come watch the YouTube video to see what Nick just did. It was funny. Yeah, it was so huh. funny. I didn't see it. <laughs> that was very you missed out, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give us all. I, 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 I thought I just connected from Discord. <laughs> I was like, look at her. <laughs> um, so there we go. Yeah, no abs, no abs for you. But now it's time for Ragu Bagu. Do 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 ragu do 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 bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast where we rank all the villains in the MCU. We are currently looking to rank our forty-sixth villain, Kanchu and Haru, or Haro, Haro and Kanchu, or just Haro, Haro. Okay, Kanchu. Okay, okay, okay. Haro, like a wheelbarrow. Haro. Exactly. Got it. Um, so, as you know, we now operate in a tiered system, saying if this villain is an S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, or D C or F tier. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Where do we want to rank Kanchu and Wheelbarrow Hero? <laughs> can we can we hear Kevin, what the D tier is? Sure, Kevin. The D tier D tier. <laughs> I might be having a stroke today. <laughs> the D tier starts with number 29, the vision from Solo. Yeah. <laughs> number 30, uh, Ma- the Mandarin slash Aldrich from Iron Man 3. Number 31, Obadiah Stane from Iron Man. Number 32, Franco Malfoy, Taskmaster from Black mm-hmm. Widow. Uh, number 33, Loki and Thor. And then 34, the Flag Smashers slash John Walker in Falcon and the Witcher Soldier. Yeah, put him pretty high on this yeah. on this list because I think Ethan Hawke did a, a really good job just kind of carrying most of the scenes that he was in. Ethan Hawke, great actor for sure. Yeah, yeah. good. Also, enough. you know what I feel about you know what I like about Ethan Hawke? Never fixed his teeth. Very character, very character driven teeth. You ever notice that? No. When he was dead, <laughs> that, one tooth, that one tooth that was sticking out. Very character driven teeth. Very charismatic teeth. He's got you know a lot of people they put the veneers and they do the Ben Affleck. Like, ben oh, Affleck, like, come on, man. And it's like, Picture, get out of here. Picture Nick at like the the casting table, being like, you know, I like that actor. Very, very character driven teeth. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say was his teeth have a lot of character. But I feel like <laughs> so Kevin, Kevin, you're thinking it's a D tier. He's a D tier villain. Picture back on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I throw it somewhere in the middle of there. Nick, I are you think you're saying he's a D tier villain as well? Um, I think yeah, Andy Tam, do you have disagreements on where what the what tier system of where we're putting Conchu? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think it's higher than higher than D. The D tier villains are pretty damn bad. Uh, would you like to hear the C tier villains? That's great. Would you like to hear the C tier? Yes, C tier. Well, remember, we're talking performance and motivations, so this is not at all a front to the one only Jeff Bridges and Obadiah Stane, who will live on forever. Tore! Tore! Uh, C tier looks like this. 
It starts in number with number twenty-two, uh, the Cree and Jude Law in Mar- Captain Marvel. Number twenty-three, yeah. Francis Angel Deadpool in Deadpool. Uh, mm-hmm. Number twenty-four, Red Skull in Captain America: The First Avenger. Number twenty-five, Rockwell and Mickey uh, in Iron Man Two. Uh, number twenty-six, The Dink and the Sentinels in X-Men: Days of Future Past. Uh, number twenty-seven, Magneto and the Brotherhood in X-Men. Uh, number twenty-eight, uh, Mass uh, slash Dormammu in Doctor Strange. No shot anybody goes above Sam Rockwell. I can't, dance. Dance, I can't Andy. believe that the dink is so high. I don't know. We loved him. Great performance. But it's uh, also the motivation, bottom of, right? Bottom of C. And it's because of a couple things like Rockwell. Like, I do think that I would actually put it above, like, bottom of, or top of C. Because I really didn't like uh, Jude Law in, or Jude Ladd, as it's written here <laughs> in Captain Marvel. Ladd. Listen, you as you know. There was a, when this was a simpler time. We said whatever we put into my little note app would be how it would be. That's did how we, it, did auto- we collectively say that? Were, were all of us a part of that decision? <laughs> Nick, here's what I want you to know: I was the only one doing any fucking work while you laid over there in your boxer shorts. All right, yeah, <laughs> broken every hair on those fucking legs. Finishing so what I want you to do, boy, Dexter, is sit the fuck back down <laughs> and let Daddy doctor. You're not wrong, Daddy. You're not wrong. Oh, oh my God, I hate this. Anyways, I'm slowly correcting as we go you can see i've now changed it to jude law calm down i would put this i i i mean i just think rockwell and mickey are as much as i enjoy ethan hawk's performance hawk watch i like the entertainment factor a lot more of sam rockwell and oh, i want dances. my port i would agree i mean the, the thing about the thing for me is ethan hawk started so strongly but by the end i'm like oh like I'm always a sucker for an altruistic villain that that believe like you're like oh I could see why he's trying to do what he's trying to do but by the end of it I'm like I don't know man the the the, the two giant uh, gods fighting over the pyramid and you're like I don't care about that and then he just gets clowned out by something we don't even get to see I'm like what a loser put him at the bottom of personally I would loser. I would vote I would throw my vote at putting uh, these two uh, even though I love Ethan Hawke but you know I, Ethan Hawke is a great example to greg miller of the d-tier villains a great performance a great actor and just not that interesting of a dude overall so mm-hmm. i put him at number 29 because i like mads and dormammu more who end the c bracket and i don't remember the vision from solo at all so i'd put him there i mean so I, st- I, th- I still think we should take out all the non-mcu uh villains kevin. in here like kevin clear comms nobody solo. cares what you want all right when i was building this list on my phone you were laying over there your box are smoking every that me. Uh, greg i'd like to remind you I, greg i'd like to remind you i hold a list myself in my pocket and if we ever get back to whatever movies that we were doing there kevin let's out. hear from the let's hear from the hawk is one of the it sounded like when you when you try to sneak a fart out and someone just catches the tail end of it you know like that just fart i was i needed a third judge on kevin asking to clear the list can we hear it hawk there it is here it is yeah it says no it says no kevin. <laughs> yeah i i stand with c i stand with bottom of c i vote d i vote d as well bottom of c oh nick it's you i'll go bottom of c you're a piece of garbage <laughs> so you want to put him then still at number 29 damn. i guess but it, rather than be top of d he's the bottom of c sure. correct mm-hmm. i'll live with that so now then ladies I mean, and gentlemen sorry i'll go for it 
Okay. So recapping your C's then, you have Jude Law, uh, Captain Marvel, Angel and Francis from Deadpool, Red Skull from Captain America, uh, Sam and Mickey from Iron Man 2, The Dink from Future Past, uh, Magneto from X-Men, Mads and Dormammu from Doctor Strange, and now your new number 29 and bottom of the C list, uh, Ethan Hawke and uh, Conchu from uh, this movie show. Perfect. Moon Knight. Now it's time to rank the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have 32 entries. We're about to make it 33. Currently, number one is Endgame. Number two, Infinity War. Number three, No Way Home. Number four, Homecoming. Number five, Civil War. Number six, Ragnarok. Number seven, Winter Soldier. Number eight, Guardians 2. Nine, Loki. Ten, WandaVision. Eleven, Avengers. Twelve, Guardians 1. Thirteen, Shang-Chi. Fourteen, Iron Man. Fifteen, Far From Home. Sixteen, Black Panther. Seventeen, Doctor Strange. Eighteen, Hawkeye. Nineteen, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Twenty, Captain Marvel. Twenty-one, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Twenty-two, Ant-Man. Twenty-three, Black Widow. Twenty-four, Iron Man 2. Twenty-five, Age of Ultron. Twenty-six, First Avenger. Twenty-seven, Iron Man 3. Twenty-eight, Eternals. Twenty-nine, Nick. 30 Hulk, 31 Thor, and 32 Thor, the Dark World. Did I mess up the list? I was gonna yeah, say, this is just read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this what we're is looking different. at isn't list. Just, you Unless you put Multiverse of Madness in there, Tim. Yeah, it's up to 18. Uh, well, 18 yeah, Multiverse of Madness is 18. There you go. Yeah. I don't know He's what I was reading. It. No worries. Yeah. I just downloaded uh, one. May I, may I start? You may, Kevin. Start the bit. I think. I, I didn't like this. I've been very clear about that. And I honestly, I would put this right under, right above What If under Eternals. Oof, Kevin. Yeah. I was just going to say right under What If because you all know I love What If. Nicholas, yeah, I'm with sucks. you. Under What If, a 31 for Moon Knight. The motion passes. Clear Kevin, comms. Kevin, I'm with you, baby. Right above What If. <laughs> right under Eternals. Andy, Andy you're the deciding vote. Andy, remember What If. Carter. Get the fuck yeah. out of here, uh, baby. Such shit takes from this company. All right. <laughs> So oh, here we have number 28 is Iron Man 3, <laughs> number 29, Eternals, number 30, What If, number 31, Moon Knight, number 32, Hulk, 33, Thor, and 34, Thor, The Dark World. So there you go. There I feel you like go. that movie had the least amount of, like, or show had the least amount of play between us, where, like, we were shooting with, like, one spot lower than the other. It was really close. That's as close. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's as close to unanimous as we're ever going to get at this point. I'm proud of us. <laughs> yeah, that is very, very <laughs> damn It's a big deal. This, <laughs> this is a big deal. It took like Moon Knight to unite us. Uh, like, but you look at our Pixar list, Tim. It's like two people <laughs> thought it was top five. Three people thought it was bottom five. And it was fucking. like for every fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. When are we going to return to the MCU oh in God. review? That's a great question, Tim Geddes. Uh, the answer is simple. It is, in fact, Thor, Thor? Love, and right. Thunder. Oh, I uh, can't yes. wait! Thunder! On, on July 8th, and then uh, the week after that will be Miss Marvel. So another double oh, whammy wow. of MCU goodness back-to-back. Um, while I have everyone here, let's give a little update on the future of In Review for the next couple weeks. Um, like I said, this week we have Moon Knight. Later, we're going to be doing Jurassic World. Next week, we're going to be doing Star Wars Episode Three, a rewatch leading into Obi-Wan that starts the next week. I'm very excited about that. That is going to be me, Sage Ryan, Barrett Courtney, and Anthony Carboni making a special guest appearance as our first ever guest plot recapper. 
So we'll see Ooh. how that goes, how long that could be. Uh, but a Carboni will be given the plot of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then May 23rd, we got a double whammy for you that week. Top Gun 1 and Top Gun 2. It's going to be a fucking blast. I just heard uh, Carter Harrell's theme song today for it, and I can't wait for you to hear it as well. Then May 30th, we get back to Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. And then the week after that, it's the final Jurassic World Dominion uh, before we lead into our Thor rewatch that we're going to do leading into Thor love and thunder. And we got a little buzz light year in the middle of that somewhere oh. to keep us all happy returning to Pixar. But anyways, that's in review. It's going to be a very, very, very exciting next couple weeks until next time. Have a marvelous day.